Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a true crime podcast, as the title suggests. So please consider this your warning, that it's not suitable for children, and it probably will contain content that may be triggering to some people. Also, it's an Australian true crime podcast, so Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners should be aware it may contain the voices of deceased people. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. Alan Leake is a retired member of the New South Wales Police Service in which he served for 34 years. Like most members of his generation, Alan didn't complete high school but his natural curiosity has led him to a lifetime of study and writing in the field of criminology, including a stint at the FBI's academy in Quantico, Virginia. 
Allen's won awards for service, including the prestigious Peter Mitchell Award for Outstanding Performance in a Murder Investigation, and published several books, which you can find more information about in the show notes to this episode. In the early 1990s, Alan Leake was rewarded for his excellence in management when he was made the head copper in Cabramatta. It was, at the time, the largest heroin distribution point in the country, a growing political flashpoint and spiralling ever faster out of control. The unique set of challenges that beset Cabramatta in Sydney from the late 1980s created a criminal and cultural misery unlike anything else Australia had seen at the time, and it was up to Alan to rally his troops and to pull the divided and traumatised community together behind them. As you'll learn, he was definitely an inspired choice for the job because if there are two things Alan Leake takes joy in, they are policing and learning about different cultures. What year did you arrive in Cabramatta? Permanently, I went there in 91. And I knew of the people there and I knew that they had a very, very good detective office, a very good beat police office. And, um, you know, it was a terrific team of people that I would go and inherit. But it was uh, right from the start, it was under-resourced. When I went there, for instance, I think I had 61 people to cover in that area, which was the most intense heroin distribution area in Australia. Already by that time? Uh, Oh, yeah. And 19 of that 61 were probationary constables with less than a year's service. Because the point has been made very many times and very clearly in retrospect that when Malcolm Fraser made the decision to accept refugees from Vietnam into Australia, that was a revolution. It was a, a political revolution, but there wasn't a lot of really sort of grassroots work after that put into the communities that these people moved into. Yeah, they were left stranded a bit and uh, there were efforts made, but there were there could have been better. It could have been a lot better. When you took over the station, was that your job? Did you become the boss of Cabramatta Station in 1991? Yes. Yeah, Patrol Commander it was called, yeah. So much responsibility and if not before, the media was certainly becoming aware of and becoming very interested in an idea that Asians, in adverted commas, were becoming problematic in Sydney and that there were crime gangs, it was a heroin hub, that they weren't assimilating, it was a problem. What I was concerned about was the racist attacks on my community. So the first thing I had to battle was that all my police had to go and learn Vietnamese. Mm. We police in our society by consent. We don't wield a big stick. We gain the consent of the public to police them. And uh, Vietnamese had seen their police shooting people, executing people in the street. Yeah. And the first question they would ask... A lot of, not just Vietnamese, but a lot of people in the English-speaking class, the English language classes, the, when my constables would go there and talk, they'd be rigged up, full uniform, you know, gun. And they, the first question was often, what can you be shot for? And that led me to think, well, right, I, I, had, a, I had the discretion as, a, as an officer not to wear a firearm, and I chose on most occasions not to wear a firearm, and particularly when I was going to their functions, and there were many of them, there, there were several a week, every week. Mm. And uh, or even just to walk in the street, I I didn't wear a firearm because the gangs did. The gangs had a lot of firearms in Cabramatta in those days. There were shootings in the street. Yeah, yeah, and machetes mm. and things. Yeah, but they the funny thing is that they respected police, and they respected teachers. They were often rejected by family because they wouldn't toe the line with cultural mores and. And they certainly weren't feeling a lot of love from the broader community because they became ready acolytes for drug distribution. 
the, the unemployment rate, I can't remember the figures now, but I know they were in the 20%. And uh, they'd been separated from family or sometimes they hadn't come out with family. And uh, I remember the youth workers in the area had distributed sleeping bags to the shopkeepers to put in the back of their shops, like in the maybe the annex or something in the back of the shop, so that they had somewhere to sleep. I think in the local government area, I think for memory, it was something like 600 people sleeping rough. Despite all of that, it was a wonderful community. I mean, the focus was always on the CBD and, and the doings around there, but the community itself... It was always a wonderful community because they, they, they lived cheek by jowl and they cohabited the area in peace. We were getting around 20 young people dying behind shops in toilet blocks a year. And I used to say to them, if I had that many motor vehicle accident deaths in a year, there'd be hell to pay. But nobody gives us stuff. Oh, they're just junkies, you know. And I said, they're not. They're not junkies. They're somebody's kid, somebody's partner, somebody's wife, somebody's husband, you know, somebody's father. And it just can't get through to people. I mean, there's still, they're still that attitude now. It doesn't matter, you know, they're only junkies. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. John Newman, who was actually a Labor politician who, who sounded a lot like a coalition politician today, but he was the <laughs> Labor man at the time. He was saying things like, I think they should be deported and sent back to the jungle of Vietnam where they belong if they're criminals. So for the media, there was a lot of juice. He was a populist. Well, he wasn't a populist in the sense that he became popular. He was, he was popular because of his politics mm. in that particular area. It was a very strong Labor area. He was clumsy. And he looked for the. He was. He wanted to be in the newspaper all the time. That's what politicians need to do. And but it's good if they can use it for a good purpose. You know, they're two very extreme characters you've got operating at once. You've got Newman, and then you've got uh, Fung No, who is the the local guy who's sort of challenging, trying to challenge Newman. What were his kind of platforms? What was his political position? 
He was the self-nominated representative, was he, of the of the local Vietnamese community? He, he stood. Uh, he was a councillor, Fairfield Council, and he mm. he stood as an independent, I think, against Newman. And and there was animosity between. There was they, they were they were sworn enemies, for, particularly on John's part. He he hated Fung, and Fung was a s- slippery character. But it seemed like they were sort of squabbling for the uh, affections of of the community, of the Vietnamese community. Would that be fair yeah, to well, say? Yeah, well, the Vietnamese community didn't trust Fung. Mm. They didn't like him at all. Even the people who came on the boat with him, they they, they didn't, they wouldn't talk to me about him, but they knew that there was a problem there. So Newman, his uh, beef with him was, it was personal, more than, you know, him trying to take the seat and so on. What do you remember of John Newman's murder in 94? Oh, fair bit. It was 9.30pm on Monday the 5th of September 1994. A New South Wales MP had just arrived home from a Labor Party branch meeting. Police emergency. Hello. Hello. Yeah, what's the problem? What's happening there? I've already called the triple O number on yeah. the neighbour. Yeah. The John Newman MP. Okay, yes, shot. I know. Within minutes, John Newman, a member of the New South Wales Parliament, was dead. Here's his shot twice. Could this be related to his stance uh, against Asian crime in the area? It could well be. It's possible. Did you see it coming to say, you know, I mean, did you ever imagine their beef, to put it that way, would get to that level? No. Uh, John, his office had been shot up from the street, you know, just a two-storey place on a corner, and uh, had had bullet holes in the window. His uh, car had been damaged. But there was so much angst there about him, you wouldn't know what it was, you know, what was payback for what. And um, eventually we put surveillance cameras on his property and the driveway where he was eventually shot. But just before that, or not, not long before, I recall, we, we approached him and said, look, we need that equipment for another job. Nothing's happened in that, that period. Uh, and he, he okayed that. He was all right with that. And we took that, that equipment out and put it somewhere else. And uh, it wasn't too much after that that um, he was shot in the driveway of his uh, of his home. People had splashed paint on the car and that sort of thing. Well, it doesn't indicate too much, but I think the, you can't pinpoint what those incidents were about because he was so aggressive. So then Fung No was pretty immediately suspected or gossip spread around the neighbourhood. Is that right? Certainly not as a shooter, but that he was involved somewhere. Well... He was put forward as a possible suspect, but so many were. Uh, lots, we had lots and lots of suspects. Mm. I didn't get into that because I wasn't doing the investigation. It was uh, it was Nick Caldos, actually, who did it. and um, He did the investigation, did an amazing job with that and um, got to the bottom of it. By 10pm, Fairfield Councillor Full No arrived. He too was briefly questioned before being charged. So intent on winning a seat in state parliament, Fung No, it's claimed, was willing to kill for it. No was granted $300,000 bail on the conditions he report daily to police, not go near any airport or contact any witnesses. The Fairfield councillor is accused of murdering Cabramatta MP John Newman in September 94. A lot of people regard him as the leader of the Vietnamese community in Australia. I think they expected Cabramatta to blow up in the Royal Commission. 
Right. And it didn't. It didn't. It absolutely didn't. And it was shown to be squeaky and everything was done down the line. Mm. And uh, we came at it with flying colours. Not that anyone appreciated it, but, it would, but that's the way it was. They were a terrific team of people. I had a, a great team of people. Did they expect um, Cabramatta to blow up because drug squads so often do, do you think? Well, we weren't a drug squad, but we no, did have drug squads. No, you weren't, but squad. you were so in the highest drug distribution area in the country. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we had so we had a huge drug problem. We had prostitution, not 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 only a couple of brothels there, but run by gangsters. Um, we had uh, we had gambling dens. You had massive opportunities for officers to go rogue if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, well, that, this is all the opportunity for corruption if you want yeah. if, if they were that way inclined, but they weren't. So uh, there was an expectation, and because once they started to delve into it, they found that we were we did some extraordinary things. Thank you to our guest today, Alan Leake. And don't forget to check out the show notes and our socials for more information about his books. His most recent is called Rendezvous with Death, Australian Police Slain on Duty in the Early 20th Century. If you need support after listening to this podcast, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or contact 1800 RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or 1800respect.org.au. Indigenous Australians can contact 13 Yarn on 139276 or 13yarn.org.au. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there.